Right. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Happy Mother's Day. Somebody hit those lights over there. I want to make sure you can see me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want to thank uh, our men this morning that uh, gathered groceries, cooked food, and uh, cleaned everything up this morning. Thank you, men. And... Uh, and also, uh, in honor of our women, which I want to thank our women for being who they are. And, and we want to recognize this morning and try to get better at honoring um, the women in our lives. Hallelujah. And the mothers in our lives. Hallelujah. How many uh, come to church to try to figure out, God, what do you want me to do in my life? We want a true north where we know we're going the right direction in our lives. Hallelujah. Uh, also, I'd like to thank the worship team. Hallelujah. Just my heart this morning. I praise the Lord. Give him a hand. Ryan's up back there. Okay. I was looking to see if he was in here. You and your team, I just appreciate you, Ryan. I don't say it enough. And if you lined up a million worship pastors, uh, in front of me, I would still, uh, there's only one that I would ever choose. And his heart just comes right through that worship. And I appreciate that genuinely. Thank you for what you do. Hallelujah. Um, if you would turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Title of my message is Enjoying a Happy Life. Enjoying a Happy Life. Now how can that message go off the rails? There's no possible way, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. It says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. How many want to enjoy long life on the earth? Hallelujah. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to minister this message. And Lord, I just pray that you would speak to us today, Lord, and help us uh, to understand your word, Lord. I pray that every uh, misunderstanding of the word, Lord, that you would combat that today with your spirit. And Lord, you would give us a perfect understanding of everything you want us to learn at your feet today, Lord. Uh, Speak your word and uh, push me aside, Lord God. Let me hide behind the cross and let it be your words only, Lord. Uh, Do a mighty work through me, Lord, that I can speak it, Lord. In uh, your name I pray, Lord Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I remember this um, scripture very well. Um, I I learned this memory verse in a very unique way. Um, When I was a kid, my mom, uh, we lived in Mount Vernon, Indiana. And uh, how many you know of GE Plastics? It's now called Sobic. But uh, they made Lexan plastic, and it was unbreakable, they said. And uh, my mother and my father had just started serving the Lord. Uh, didn't grow up in church, didn't have a background in church, but they wanted to uh, um, be very um, careful to teach me discipline and my other brothers and sisters. So they made a, uh, a um, paddle out of Lexan. And on that paddle, they wrote Ephesians 6 and these verses. And so it said, children, obey your parents and the Lord. And uh, by the time that paddle had gotten used, 
used, it was, uh, the letters were wearing off. She wrote it in a magic marker on Lexan and it was an unbreakable paddle. And, uh, I almost single-handedly wore the letters off of it. I got more spankings, and this is not even exaggerating, than all the other kids put together. And, uh, I was that one kid that would say, you can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. You can't hurt me. And I would just tense everything, flex everything. How many was that kid? <laughs> and I, and one day my mom broke the paddle. <laughs> And uh, it broke in half, and I actually, this is a true story, shamefully, I started dancing. And I started jumping up and down, and I started laughing. And and uh, she quietly turned around and started writing the scripture on a new, new one. <laughs> so this is how I learned this scripture, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> but but I want, I want to look at this very carefully this morning. Because it says, children obey your parents in the Lord, this is right. Honor your mother and your father and mother. This is the first commandment that has a promise with it. That's a good thing. So that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Now how is it, I want to ask you a question, because I started re-looking at this verse and started to look at it totally different than I did before. How is it that what you did as a child affects you over your entire lifetime. Isn't that interesting? I'd never thought about that. The Holy Spirit just kind of started bringing to my attention, well, this is more than you think it is. Whatever, does this mean that whatever I did when I was a kid, God is just going to bless me my entire lifetime because of the way I treated them as a kid, or is there something deeper here? There's something deeper here that I've been missing for a long time. Because he said, if you obey your parents and honor them, that it will affect the rest of your life and the quality of the rest of your life will be different. How many see that that says that? The quality of my life will be different for the rest of my life if I honor, obey my parents and honor them. Two things, obey and honor. That's the two words we're going to look at this morning. And so how is that possible? So it it turns out this is a very important message today on Mother's Day because a lot of times the way we react on days like today when we honor somebody just by this scripture shows us that it, it does affect our life and it'll affect our life for a very long time. In fact, there there are two parts to this one promise. Isn't that awesome that this is the first commandment that has a promise? And the words, when you break them down here, are basically you'll have a quality, the quality of your life will be different. How many know it's not just living longer? Some people live long, but they don't ever, they're never happy. It's just long and unhappy. And some people, you know, think that that means 100 years old, But what it's saying is, all things being equal, you're going to have a longer life. If you'll listen to these words. So what I'm noticing here, either this is God saying that if I will obey and honor my parents, that that little period of time, you know, from the time I'm maybe 18 years old, that that time is the only time I have to fulfill this promise 
And then I'm going to be blessed for a lifetime by what I did there. And I don't think that is what this says. I think what it says is that relationship has implications because it sets a pattern in my life. And so we're looking at patterns here that will affect your life until your last day on this earth. And it will affect it in a positive way or it will affect it in a negative way depending on how we are in our obedience and how we are in our honor. And so I want to look at it that way. I want to look at it as a pattern. And I want to give you an illustration here before I start. Um, I was installed as a youth pastor in uh, one of my locations where I pastored for several years. And I've told this story before, but I want you to kind of understand what I was coming into. They installed me in that position uh, because that particular youth group, uh, literally, um, I had a guy from the district uh, said that, that he actually worked in that youth ministry for a while, and he said, that is the roughest group of kids I've ever been around. And when they brought me down, we actually had uh, security, off-duty security were there during the meetings just because of their, there was so much drugs floating around and so many rough kids in that that youth group, and you, you say, man, that's kind of crazy, but it's actually true. And so they installed me there because they felt like I would bring discipline to that group. They literally told me that we feel like you'll be the one person that will bring discipline and get these kids in line. And so my first week down there, um, full of confidence, like I've done this before, I'm an old pro, they're bringing me down here for this reason, and I'm going to get them in line. And I studied all week, and for the first time in my life, I had nothing to say. The Holy Spirit just kind of made me, my mind, where I there was nothing literally I could look at on a page in the Bible and bring a word to them. There was just total confusion in my mind. And I thought, man, I don't understand what's happening, but I'm not going to just go down there and I can't, I, I don't have an ability to preach unless I have something passionate. And so I went in front of the kids and that had been a very large group, youth group, but they had kind of winnowed down to about 35 kids. And I walked in and had nothing to say. And my first week, high expectations, you know, He's going to get these kids in order. I walk in and I said, kids, I'm sorry, but um, I can't even hear from the Holy Spirit. I said, I'm not hearing a word. I'm not hearing anything. And, and I don't know why that is. So let's just pray. I said, does anybody have anything they need prayer for? And well, anyway, these kids kind of laughed. They thought it was funny. They kind of mocked me a little bit and uh, they were having a big time. I, like I said, it's a very rough youth group. And uh, so um I just kind of took it, and I said, well, next week, you know, we'll come back better. Second week, same thing happened, but they grew to about 45, and it was almost like they wanted to come out and make sport of me. So the third week came, same thing, and I'm so frustrated, um, I don't understand why God won't speak to me. And so that third week, I actually pulled my leaders together and said, look, I probably, uh, this is probably the end for me. And I said, I cannot hear from the Lord. I don't know why that is. The third week, they grew to about 50-something kids. And so I was getting growth, but more or less, they thought it was funny, you know. And uh, so anyway, I just, man, I just, 
spent like nights in the building and fasted and prayed and I just couldn't understand what's happening, God. And God was very clear to me. He said, if you're ever going to minister to these young people, every authority figure in their life has failed them. And every word that you say to them from here on out is going to be like a brick wall. They will not hear one word. And he said, you better ask me what you need to do about it. Because there's no brawn brute force that can break through that. And I said, well, God, what do I do? And he said, you've got to be the authority figure in their life they can trust at any time. And so the weirdest thing God told me to do, he said, I want you to go down there and I want you to tell, tell them you love them. And here are the rules, and this is why I have each rule. And so some of the rules were you won't be outside behind the building. And my reason is because there are drug deals that go on behind the building. If you come in and your eyes are puffed up and you've been smoking weed, you will not be permitted in the building that night. And I wanted to let each of these kids know that I do these things because I love you and I care about you and I'm going to protect the ones that want to go after God. And anyway, the Lord said, whatever happens, don't worry about it. Because they need to know that you're the authority figure in their life and you're going to do the right thing every time. So I spoke that message and there were a few kids that were kind of the ringleaders. And um, I said, here are the rules. And I said, if anybody is not willing to obey the rules, I said, I will lovingly give you a ride home. And so a couple of kids came up. One was actually related to me and is in prison for murder now in California. But they came up to me and they tore my letter or my rules up. They said, we're not going to follow them. And I said, well, let's go and run you home then. And so I ran them home. And the kids in that youth group began to see me as a father figure, somebody who loved them and somebody who was an authority figure they could trust and somebody that cared about them, somebody would protect them no matter what. And it changed those kids. They, in fact, we grew for that first three years, we regularly had nearly a hundred or more almost every week because they allowed me to be an authority figure they could trust. And um, so as we begin to look here, I want to look at these patterns that happen when you're a child and how they affect your life as you go on. Remember I said that they had had, they had never had an authority figure that a lot of them that had not failed them. You know, they either did what they wanted or, you know, and, or they did, you know, there's extremes and sometimes we don't always do what we are expected to do as a leader and be an authority figure. And so here's a few things I want to look at here. You, just a summary here. You carry patterns with you and your mother and your father are the first authority figure that you'll usually have in your life. How many know that? So it's the first kind of a scenario where you're under somebody's authority and God placed that authority there. So that being your first one, in fact, when you study the Bible, you have a rule in theology. It's called the rule of first. When the Bible mentions something first, it's very important. And so the Bible explains it in a certain way because it's the first time it's in there. And so your first authority figure in your life, however that situation happens, it is going to naturally follow you the rest of your life. And so it is a complex situation. 
the, the next thing is how you treat the complex relationship will follow you with all future authority figures. And so how many know it is very complex? There's a lot of things that go around you and your relationship with whoever was your mother or father figure, right? And so it's so complex that it's hard to have a simple answer. But it is going to follow you with every other authority figure that you have from there on out. Next thing, what are the instructions in this first setting where you have an authority figure? What are the instructions that God gives us? And it's only two things. Obey and honor. Obey and honor. It's very simple here. In fact, if you look at the scripture we looked at, just look at the word Obey there, children, obey your parents, for this is right. And then it says to honor them, your mother and your father. And then it says a third thing, which is the promise. Then promise, if you want to look at the word, enjoy. Enjoy your life. Have a happy life. So unless you, if you obey, and if you learn how to obey and you learn how to honor, then the result of that is the third thing, enjoy. That there's going to be joy in your life. And so I want to begin to look at this as a pattern of behavior. The first word that's in there, and then you'll learn in Bible study, you'll read something, and you, how many have read over this verse for years and just said, man, that's such a simple little verse, a simple little Sunday school verse, and I already know that. I'll move to the next thing. And what you begin to learn is when the Holy Spirit magnify something and puts his magnifying glass on it, you realize I may not be able to get past the first word. Okay. And he starts breaking it down and you realize it's much deeper than you realize. And so the first word is children. And I used to think, wow, this is just, you know, Paul is in Ephesus. He's teaching them how to live life. He's uh, giving them the word of God. He got, can you see Paul gathering all the children in Ephesus together? He's saying, here's your duty. And we say, well, man, Chad, this ought to be preached down in children's church. But then I looked up the word by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And that word's root is child, but the word can mean child or descendant. So if I were to say to some of you, who are your children? You would name off 40 and 50 year olds. I would name off 28 and 25 and 22 and 20 year olds. How many know that the definition of children is not necessarily just a little child? So, boy, we better listen here. He's saying all of you who are descendants or a child of somebody, uh, listen up. And it's not just kids. That's where the patterns are set, but they follow you for a lifetime. Okay? He says, now that we're included with children, he says, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And obey is a very interesting word. This is a pattern of behavior with authority figures. The word obey is Strong's 5219. It's hupo and aku. So it's hupokoete is the Greek word. And it means two things. It's a combination of two words. Listen intently and heed the command. (laughs) Listen intently and heed the command. And so immediately when you hear that, here's where the complexity starts. And this is your first authority situation 
where you have complexity and it's not simple. Do I heed every command? Do I listen to everything they say? If we want to fulfill the command and be what God wants us to be and be blessed in life, we'll figure out how to obey, right? And so how many know people that do not listen at all to older people? And it's like Charlie Brown. Remember anybody that was older, you couldn't even make sense of their words, right? And uh, sometimes it's pop culture that says don't listen to the elders. Don't listen to those who are leaders. Don't listen to those who are older. And how many know that we immediately start to see a disrespect in our society? And that disrespect starts there, but it begins to encompass everybody. In fact, there are some personalities, it's considered noble that, hey, I don't respect anybody. You know, I'm just going to take care of me and only me, and it's all about myself, my life. I don't listen to anybody. How many know people that are like that, and how many uh, sometimes we're like that? And what the Bible does is really builds a culture of honor and builds a life of honor. And, it, and the Bible seems to indicate, as we'll study today, that that honor will affect your life in dramatic ways, the quality of your life will be so much better if you're an honorable person and you learn to honor people. And so it goes on and it says obey. And so I just want to read some other scriptures that kind of address our relationship to those who are are due honor, okay? Proverbs 1.8 says, Listen to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. You know, there's no qualifiers there. It doesn't say, listen only if they're wise or only if they're smarter than you or only if, you know, it just says listen. How many know it's not that hard to listen? Just listen to what they have to say, you know. It may not all be right. It may not all be correct. It may not be the course you take. But it's saying be courteous enough to listen and Proverbs twenty three twenty two. listen to your father who gave you life and do not despise your mother when she is old. How many know people that despise their mother and will not listen ever to any person who's a father or an older person? Proverbs twenty twenty. if one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness it's almost insinuating this person's a fool because he will not listen to a mother or father he's just his lamp is going out in utter darkness leviticus 19:32 you will stand up before the elders and honor the elderly and you shall fear your god i am the lord how many think that is a culture of honor let me see that our culture is going away from honor And the Bible, if we follow its instructions, is trying to give us a true north that says, hey, honor them. And and notice, none of these have qualifiers. None of these say only the honorable elders, only the honorable of those who have age. It just says honor them. Hallelujah. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. I was feeling lonely up here. I feel better. Listen to this. Proverbs 19.26, he who does violence to his father 
and chases away his mother as a son who brings shame and reproach. A foolish son is a grief to his father and bitterness to the one who bore him. That's Proverbs 17.25. Deuteronomy 27.16. Accursed is anyone who dishonors his father and mother, and all the people shall say, Amen. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son despises his mother. Mark 10.19. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, and honor your mother and father. Ezekiel 22. This is uh, when the nation is really going downhill. It says, Father and mother are treated with contempt in you, Israel. Let me see the recognition in our culture. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers, Proverbs thirty eleven. So just giving you a pattern here that uh, this is complex. Because how many know when we're in that situation and we're asked to be obedient, it's complex because there, there's just... How many know when you're growing up, there's a lot of things that are like, man, how do I remain obedient to my parents... And they're asking me to do this thing, or they're cruel, or they're mean, or they're, you know, have abused me, or they've done something in a very bad situation. And so God has put you in your first authority position where you have to figure out how to be obedient to the Lord and still honor that relationship of authority. I mean, no, this is not easy. We're going to need God's help to do this, right? But it's going to affect us in everything we do. Do you think when you get out of that home at 18 or maybe younger, maybe older, and you go to your first job, do you think it's going to be any less complex? It's maybe more complex. When you get in your own family and you have your own children, think about the complexity. Everywhere you go, when you talk to a police officer... And the police officer uh, wrongly accuses you of something or wrongly uh, acts in a manner in front of you that's not right. Is that more complicated or less complicated? When you get in the court system and you're in a divorce court or you're somewhere where the other party's unreasonable and the judge seems like they favor the other person and you feel like you're not getting justice, is it less complex or more complex? But how many know the issues of dealing with that first authority scenario will follow you your entire life. How many know when you have a police officer and he treats you badly, he treats you with contempt, he doesn't treat you nicely, how many know your life is going to go better if you realize there are a lot of good police officers and I respect that badge? How many know when you go into a court system Your life is going to be a lot better when you realize there are lots of good judges. This is a good justice system. Even though this one was not very nice and this one didn't give me fairness, I still respect the judicial system and the court system. I mean, no, it's the same deal. Now let me bring this back to home. My parents aren't perfect. I'm expected to honor the badge, right? To have a good society. I'm expected to honor the court system. I'm expected to honor my boss at work. Now, how do I honor the institution of a mother and father even though they weren't perfect? Because here's what's going to happen. You're not going to be perfect either. And you're going to be doing your best to be the kind of person that your kids will 
want to honor too. And we're going to be, till the day we die, we're all going to try to be that person that God has called us to be. The one that they're easy, more easily able to honor. And then you want to be able to honor them. So how do we do it? And these are the patterns that will follow you all of your life. So don't be upset and say, well, man, I didn't handle that authority figure when I was a child well, so I can't be blessed. What God is saying is we can take those same principles that he wants a child to have to a parent and we can begin to apply it in every part of our lives. So the first thing he asks is to obey. And so how many know when you're a parent, how many can see this? Everybody's been a child and had parents and authority figures in the home. How many can see when a child is obedient and respectful and listens and does what you ask them? A parent can see in their mind that that is going to follow that child the rest of their life. In fact, if you have one child that listens and is obedient and the other one defies you with everything, a parent will reason within themselves that they're going to have a difficult time in life because of the defiance and the rebellion. But they can also reason that those good characteristics of even if I don't, even if I'm frustrated and they listen to me, or I don't interact with them the right way, that one child is just obedient whatever I ask them to do. How many know that's a blessing? And you say to yourself, if they maintain that attitude, it's going to help them the rest of their life. And so this is a true concrete principle of life that if you are a person who can listen attentively and do what you're asked to do, that's an obedient person. In every part of life, you'll be blessed. So let's say you do it as a child. Let's say you, man, my parents are, let's just say your parents aren't the nicest people. You don't have the greatest relationship. But you say to yourself, God wants me to be obedient. So when they ask me to do something, I do it. And I'm obedient, but I'm getting out of here as soon as I'm able to. But I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be loving, I'm going to honor them. Then you go to your first job and you have the same attitude. How's that going to affect your job? When the officer pulls you over and you have the same attitude, how's that going to affect your life? When your relationship with your neighbor, they say, hey, you know, you may have done this on my lawn or... You know, you may have had your music up too loud, or you may have done this, or you may have done that. How's it going to react when you're the same attitude with your neighbor? And so do you see how this follows us all the way through life, this principle? Now let's say the other. Let's say you were rebellious with your parents, your first authority figure, and you say, well, it was their fault. It was their fault. They were such bad people that I deserved to do that. And so let's say you take that attitude in the next place and you say, well, I had a terrible employer. It's his fault. And then the police officer pulls you aside and you say, well, he was a jerk. So it's his fault. The judge was bad and it's his fault. And do you see how patterns follow you in life? And so this turns out to be patterns in your life. Another thing he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. So this helps with the complexity. You say, well, what do I do with parents that ask too much of me? 
Parents that take advantage of me. Parents that manipulate me. Parents that abuse me. Parents that do things that aren't right before God. But the scripture says, obey your parents in the Lord. You say, well, does that follow me in life? Yeah, because in the Bible, they said obey the Roman authorities. But how many know they were still being arrested for preaching the gospel? So in everything they possibly could, they were the most obedient citizens in the Roman Empire. But when it came to the things of the Lord, God came first. And so that means I can take a bold stand on the things of God, but in everything else, I need to be obedient. Like if they're asking me to do something immoral, or you know something is not right, I'm okay to stand up righteously against that. But when it comes to the things of the Lord, I've got to obey God first. And so you behave that way in the home. I want to honor God by the way I treat them. I want to honor God by the way I take out the trash. I want to honor God by the way I keep the house clean. I want to honor God. How many can see a child that has that, has that heart? And so you take it the next stage of life. I got my first job. Guess what you're going to do? I'm going to take that same attitude into my job. I want to be the best employee I can be, whether they're a good employer or not. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to listen. I'm going to heed to what they say. But I'm going to do what God wants me to do first. And God usually wants to do things that bless your life. How many know that? Hallelujah. Obey. So that's pretty easy. We want to be obedient people. The second thing is honor. Honor authority. In fact, uh, this comes from Exodus 20.12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord is giving you. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Your days may be long that you may go well with you, the land that I'm giving you. So last year I preached about how when honor is no longer in the society, that um, the society doesn't last very much longer. And um, how God was giving a promise to Israel that if you don't honor your mother and your father, this was last year's message, that... um, your culture will die very quickly because of the lack of honor. And so honor is a very interesting word. And Jason touched on on his message this morning. But honor, when you look up that word in Strong's Concordance, uh, is the word tomeo in the Greek, and it actually means to ascribe a value. And when you honor somebody, you ascribe a value to them that they did not earn. You give them esteem that they did not earn. And how many know the honor that we give to mother and father is because God put them as your mother and father. It's not based on their performance. And so God, in order to be obedient to God, he asks us to be honorable people toward our parents. And some other cultures, um, I remember... uh, how many have ever heard of Dr. Yonggi Cho? It's a funny name, right? But he pastored the largest church in the world in South Korea. And uh, millions of members in his church. And uh, he used to go through this prayer called the Tabernacle Prayer. And every day he would pray through the Ten Commandments. And uh, when he came to honor your mother and your father, he said, this is very easy for me. He goes, because our culture honors the elderly. And he said, in our culture, 
um, there's a tremendous amount of pressure to be honorable to your parents regardless of how they are. And uh, he said, so he always uh, is honorable to his parents because he was raised to be honorable to the elderly. And so how many know that around the world there are cultures that have different gestures for when an elderly person walks into a room? And our culture historically has always had gestures to honoring. And, and you say, well, man, I don't, Chad, I just don't, I don't agree with this. You know, you don't know what my parents have done to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know what kind of people they are. And I can totally understand that. But I'm telling you, your life will be better if you give them the honor for who they are. Treat them as if they were a perfect parent and you'll be surprised how much they'll begin to behave differently. The disrespect can't keep going both ways. And uh, and I I was hesitant to talk about this, but I think I will. Very personal things. And Ryan knows when I talk about personal things, I a lot of times say, you know what, I regret that later. And and um, But when I was 18 years old, my wife's in the nursery right now, so maybe she's not listening. She probably is, though. But when I was 18 years old, my wife and my families were two totally different ends of the spectrum. How many uh, have ever seen relationships like that? Uh, for some reason, she loved me. I loved her. But her family were contractors. They built most of the city. You know, they were a very solid, good family, nice family. My family, uh, we were known for the barroom fights. You know, we were considered the family that fought everybody. And when we ran out of people to fight, we fought each other. Literally, I'm not even, I'm not even kidding. I wish I were uh, joking about this. But anybody that's from my town knows that. And uh, so when we met, I had never done any of those things. I had went to church for a few years between the ages of 8 and 14. And, and uh, when we started dating... Um, they became aware of who my family was and what my background was. And, you know, and to be honest, I graduated high school and started working at a factory. You know, wasn't going to college and was from that type of family. I had never done anything. I had never been a bad person, never, you know, had done terrible things. In fact, uh, um, I wasn't serving the Lord at the time, but it would only be a few years that I would get serious about serving God, and, 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 you know, her family decided that they did not want her to date me. And something like that can make you treat her family badly or have resentment or have bitterness or whatever. But you know what? God... I don't know what it was at 18, but God gave me wisdom at that age. And when I heard that, and this is the total truth, there was never one bit of bitterness, anger, didn't even bother me. I said to myself, and I think it was the Lord at a very early age, I said, I totally understand that. That made sense to me. I was like, if I were her parents... 
I would feel the same way. And, you know, I didn't have a college education. I didn't have a good family. And so if I were them, I would do the same thing. So there was never a moment, imagine this, never a moment that I was upset about that or angry about that. I agreed with them. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? And because of that, I always decided within myself that I'm going to prove that I can be that person. And so there was never bitterness, never disrespect, never dishonor. And so the relationship was always good because of that. Um, another example. Um, growing up, how many know a lot of us had really hard times growing up? And some of us, when we, we say that, a lot of you can say, well, then that's an understatement. And how many know everybody you talk to, there's a story about how hard life was growing up? And... But how many know most of the time the people that raised you are doing the best they can? And times are hard a lot of times and there's lots of reasons why people do the things they do. And can I tell you something? I had challenges like everybody else did growing up and I don't know what happened, but the Holy Spirit at a very young age gave me wisdom in that area too. And the wisdom was uh, to love my family. To understand that they had it harder than I had it. That uh, we all make mistakes. And, and, and can I tell you something? I don't have any bitterness ever from growing up because of that understanding. And can I just share with you that on Mother's Day, on Father's Day, on these days when we honor people, that it is very important how many know somebody that is struggling with bitterness with their mom or with their dad? Or they're struggling with the difficulty of childhood? Or they're struggling with respecting authority because of their relationship when they were younger? And, and I'm just here to tell you today just a testimony that you can honor everybody in your life no matter how hard your life was. And as you move forward in life, guess what's going to happen? You're going to learn to live an enjoyable life. Because the last part of that is, enjoy a long life. And so if I'm going through life and I'm not bitter at my mom, if I'm not bitter at my dad, if I'm not bitter at my family members, if I'm not bitter at my boss, if I'm not bitter at um, the police, if I'm not bitter, how many know people that are like that? The rest of their life, they may live a long life, but they're going to be bitter all the time. And what this scripture is saying is just be obedient to these simple things. Obey authority. Honor authority. And enjoy life. It's really simple. You say, but no, I want to hold on to bitterness. I want to be angry. I want to be upset about the way I was raised. You know, it's a whole lot better to not be angry at your family members and just love them, show them honor, show them esteem, even if they don't deserve it. And you'll realize you're going to live a much happier life. They're going to live a much happier life. And we can say to ourselves, but I want them to pay. How many of you know that a lot of people want them to pay? And church, I'm telling you right now, you don't want them to pay. I don't want you to pay. Forgiveness. Please forgive your family. Please forgive the people you love. 
Please go back and show them honor and esteem and just live by these simple words. Obey, honor, and enjoy life. So this is how we live an enjoyable life. Hallelujah. And you say, well, what is it? Are you going to be able to live 100 years? No. You're going to have a higher quality of life. You're going to have a happier life. And you'll live more days doing this than you will not doing this. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you minister to every heart, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that everybody would find forgiveness today for themselves. Lord, that we could look back at our own actions and just say that I could have done that better. And Lord, would you forgive me for that, Lord, if their parents are here or not here, Lord God, you provide that forgiveness and that love. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't beat themselves up over it, that they would just find your forgiveness and let it go. And Father, I pray that you give them the courage to forgive those who have hurt them, Lord, whether it's mother, father, whoever it is, Lord. And I pray that you would give them the freedom to love, even if they've been hurt, Lord. And I pray that you give them the courage to forgive and honor those that you um, expect us to honor, Lord, and that you would help them through the complexities of every relationship, that they would uh, just learn to be loving, happy, enjoyable people, Lord, that their quality of life would be greater than they ever imagined, Lord, that they would hold no bitterness, no anger, no unforgiveness, that they would just be free of all that junk, Lord. I pray this in your name, hallelujah. Church, I just want you today just to, uh, Jesus said, take my burden, it's light. And some of you have been carrying that unforgiveness for a long time. And you say, well, man, I need you, Jay. You don't need me. It's taken me a lifetime to figure it out. You need to find a place to pray and just say, God, I don't want to carry unforgiveness anymore. And uh, just tell those people you love them and give them the grace that you hope God gives you. God forgives us, then we should forgive everybody else in our lives. And then that weight will go off of you. You don't need to be angry anymore. You don't need to be bitter anymore. If you've got a mom or a dad, and if they're here or not here, God will take that weight off of you. And I just want to give you an opportunity this morning. There's a place up here. You go play. find a place alone here at your seat. I'll pray with you, and I'll help you just kind of release it and forgive them. Forgive them and, and, and just tell them, you know, I forgive you. Uh, how many how many think that's an awesome thing to do let's do that this morning let's unburden can we do that find a place at your seat find a place at the altar if you need prayer I'm happy to pray but we're going to worship just for a second
surrendering all Find me here Lord as you draw me near desperate for you desperate for I surrender. Oh, hallelujah. I want to know. Oh, I want to know you more. Hallelujah. Have your way in me. How many know sometimes the moving Holy Spirit feels like surgery? <laughs> it's like we've got wounds and we've got things that we don't know how we'll ever be whole again. And uh, I was thinking of um, I was thinking of a story. Um, how many, um, oh, I can't remember her name. Um, the young lady that was in the... Uh, uh, Corey Ten Boom. How many have ever heard of Corey Ten Boom? And she and her sisters had been in a uh, Nazi concentration camp. And uh, God had delivered her out of the camp, and it was horrible, and they survived, and she became a Christian, and she was touring around the world speaking to people, and God was still trying to do surgery on her and teach her how to forgive. And uh, in her mind, she always had a picture of this German guard. And she could always see his face. And uh, he abused her and her sister. And her sister, I believe, died in that camp. And she always remembered his face. And she always would say, God, please help me forgive. And she could never come to full forgiveness. And uh, one day she was speaking at a conference. And that guard was there. And while she was speaking, her she said she just went cold. She didn't know what to do. God was telling her to forgive, and she was saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I think she was looking at the face, and she was saying, God, I just can't. How many have ever felt that way? I just can't forgive. And God's trying to do a work in you. And, and she the guy walked up to the front he didn't recognize her she recognized him and he began to cry and tell her I'm sorry for what we did and I've given my life to Christ and and everything in her said do not forgive him she was fighting and fighting and fighting against the Holy Spirit who was saying forgive she said the hardest thing she ever did was put her arm out and hug him and forgive him. And she said, and when she did that, it just flooded her. Forgiveness. All the bitterness went away. All the anger went away. All the hurt went away. Because God was just doing surgery. Trying to teach her how to have a happy life. Let me know forgiveness is the way. And it's surgery sometimes. And that's why God is just calling us to do it. And Michael, what did you tell me when you were saying there you wanted to pray for what? 
more of the Holy Spirit. Let Michael pray. And I just want you guys to let the Holy Spirit work in you because you'll live a happy life if you forgive and, and if you listen to what the Lord's saying today. He wants to do surgery on our hearts. Hallelujah. Why don't you pray? Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, I just thank you uh, for your presence, for your Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, I just pray for more of it. Father, Lord, that it would become like fire upon our heads. Not just here in the church, but out in the community, out in the, out in the place. Lord, that people would see the fire of the Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, that your outpouring in these last days would be a magnitude that we've never understood and never known, Father. That you would just continue just to pour it out. Father, Lord, my heart was touched when I heard Mike with the chemo, Father, Lord. So I want to lift up Mike to you in the holy presence of you, Father, Lord. Touch him, Lord kill him make that cancer never come again father lord by your power of the holy spirit the resurrection of jesus father lord i pray for any heart that is thirsty and needs a drink and needs to experience the holy spirit in a in a new way father lord you would touch each life here each body each person each being in here father lord with your holy presence your shekinah glory your light father lord invite us into your throne room that we may stand and witness in your presence father and i just thank you for the holy presence and the holy spirit and all that you do in jesus name amen praise the lord just let the holy spirit work we're going to take just a few more minutes ryan can you sing that one more one more frame there hallelujah Altars are open right now. Don't be in a hurry. You need to leave. You're welcome to leave. But let the Lord do surgery in your heart today. I'm going to close in a word of prayer and just one bit of advice I'll give you before we close. You wonder, how do I react when I'm trying to honor somebody that I don't feel like I can? You know that God gives us unmerited favor. It's called grace. He pours His blessings upon us even though we're not perfect. And I would recommend to you something that's helped me. When I'm trying to honor somebody, I will buy them a gift as if they were the perfect whatever buy your mother a gift as if she were the perfect mother buy your dad a gift as if he were the perfect father what kind of gift would you buy if you had the perfect boss (laughs) and try to honor people like that and you can see people that know how to honor other people by how they honor those people in their life and uh, we want to be that kind of people that honor people and give them esteem that they don't have to earn. Hallelujah. How many see that being important in life? And uh, so let's uh, pray that God will give us the courage to do that. Lord, I pray now. Give us the courage today, Lord, to honor our mothers, Lord God, to show them the love that you want us to have today, Lord. And uh, Lord, I pray for forgiveness. I pray for strength. I pray for wisdom. I pray all these things in your name upon your people. Bless them, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Hallelujah.